Good morning. It's good to see you here this morning on this holiday weekend. I want to add my congratulations to the seniors in the room and parents of seniors, grandparents of seniors who, who are graduating at CF today and some of the other schools, you know, in the past weeks. So just congratulations. Uh, good job. Uh, this is an important marker uh, in your life as you uh, graduate and head uh, on in life. And uh, I've just got great confidence that you're going to uh, live for Christ and, uh, and love God and uh, be uh, changing the world. So, good job. Uh, this is the last week in this series, this May series called uh, Good News. And I'm excited to talk to you uh, this morning about the conclusion of this series, Good News, because that's what we come every Sunday morning to hear. Don't we? We come in, sit in the seats, sing a couple songs, and then we want to hear some good news. Uh, good news. Good news. Now, in the Bible, the word for good news is gospel. And they've been, you know, for three previous weeks we've been talking about this. I wanted to bring Romans 1, 16 as the first verse this morning. And this is Paul. He's writing this. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Remember, good news. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the good news. Because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes it. First to the Jew and then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the good news, the rightness of God is revealed. A righteousness, a rightness that is by faith. From first to last, just as it was written, the righteous shall live by faith. Now, in this day in our culture... If you like uh, read blogs or go online or read those things that used to be called newspapers, um, uh, the headlines about the church and about Christ are not always positive. A lot of them are negative. This pastor said this crazy thing. This church did this crazy thing. And rather than not being ashamed, sometimes we can be ashamed. And Paul says, if we do that, do not be ashamed. Because what Christ came to give us is good news. And you and, you and I are invited to share that good news, to live in that good news um, all of our lives, and to represent that good, good news. And uh, so the gospel is the good news. Now, what is that good news? That you and I are invited to grab a hold of these truths about Jesus... Um, we're invited to grab a hold of these truths about Jesus by faith and go on a journey with God. Everyone in each seat in this room is on a journey with God. And you get to have your journey. You get to grab a hold of faith the way you grab a hold of it. And your kids get to grab a hold of faith the way they grab a hold of it. That's what's amazing about God. God is so big, he lets uh, your wife grab a hold of faith this way, and he lets your husband grab a hold of faith this way, and it's not exactly the same. So uh, several things I would like to uh, just review for you, uh, truths from Scripture. And the first one is this. Everyone's invited to their journey with the good news. Everybody's invited. Uh, Galatians 3.8 says this. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the good news in advance to Abraham. And this is what he said to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. All nations. Everyone. This good news is for everyone. Um, in fact, 
uh, Jesus used his three years of ministry on the earth to invite who thought they were uninvited into the good news. Right? The tax collector, the leper, the lame. Even people who couldn't come into the temple, Jesus left the temple and went out into the streets and he invited those who thought they were uninvited to the good news. Everybody's invited to the good news. He hugged lepers, he touched the unclean. He loved prostitutes, right? John 3.16, the most famous verse, right? Stay with me here. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. No exceptions. No group is outside of this good news. Everybody's invited. If you think there's a group that's outside the good news, you'd be wrong. Jesus left the temple, went out to the streets to invite in everyone to believe the good news. Uh, the second thing I wanted to just remind you of before I actually get to my main point, I'm kind of doing some reminders. Um, uh, uh, number two, we're called to be servants of this good news. Um, this comes from uh, the next verse, Ephesians. Paul says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace. You and I, we get to serve in our seven days a week, we get to serve this good news. And you say, how, how do we serve the good news? Well, we're a part of spreading it, we're a part of living it. When you take care of uh, babies in the nursery, or when you lead a small group on Wednesday night at Big House, you're serving the good news. When you uh, take a plate of cookies to your new neighbor next door, or when you're like um, caring for your coworkers, you're serving the good news. So we're called to serve the good news. The third reminder, before I actually get to what I wanna say, the Holy Spirit leads us, lives in us, and walks with us as we're on this journey. Ephesians 1. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the good news of your salvation, and when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So when you gave all that you know of yourself to all that you know of Jesus, whether you're 16 years old or six years old or 60 years old, whenever that moment was, the Holy Spirit took up residence in you and began to live in you and is able to guide you. Now, there are benefits on this journey, right? Um, there are benefits on the journey with the good news. And there are costs on the journey. But stop and think about that for a minute. Almost everything good in life has costs and benefits, right? You're in a marriage, costs and benefits. You're parenting kids, costs and benefits. Even you're building a good friendship with another person, costs and benefits. So it makes sense that in this journey with Jesus, there would be costs and benefits. There would be. Uh, so... Um, uh, Matthew 16, 24. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross. Take up their cross. Serve. Love people. And here's one of the descriptions of benefits that we use often here. John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come 
that you may have life to the full. That's one of the benefits. Now I want to talk. Now I'm, those are reminders that are important about the good news. Now, here's what I want you to take out of here today. Everybody gets to have your journey with the good news of Jesus. Your journey will begin in a different place than your spouse's or your children's or your neighbor's or your church people sitting in the pew. And in fact, this would be good to think about. Followers of Jesus in the New Testament of the Bible began following Jesus for different reasons. Page after page, this is why there's no one way Jesus presented the good news. He didn't have a formula. He didn't have one way of saying, hey, come and be a part of my kingdom. Uh, uh, say a prayer and invite me into your heart. He didn't have one way of doing it. He had like 25, 30 ways of doing it. Why was that? Because people were beginning to follow Jesus for different reasons. Uh, Peter, what did Jesus say to him? He said, uh, hey, come follow me. I'll make you a fisher of men. He was inviting him into a big challenge. He was inviting him into a big purpose. But Mary Magdalene began her journey when Jesus cast out a demon and he forgave her for sexual sins. Oh, that's a completely different reason than Peter started. Oh, what about, uh, what about Simon? He was one of uh, Jesus' 12 disciples. He actually began following Jesus because he was a zealot. And he began following Jesus because um, he thought Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman government in a not, not in a spiritual way, in a physical way. He actually began following Jesus for the wrong reason. And then as he followed Jesus a while, he figured out, oh, Jesus is going to overthrow the, he's going to be the Messiah, but he's going to do it in a completely different way than I thought. Matthew, he was a tax collector. He needed a fresh start. He needed forgiveness and redirection. Now, how about you? This is such an important part of a Christian's understanding the good news. Why was it that you first gave your heart to Jesus? Why was it that you first gave all that you know? Why? why? And um, I, I've been uh, in my work with Youth for Christ in the past and in my journey as a youth director, I've asked thousands of people, really, literally, thousands of people this question. And um, I actually was at the teacher te teacher's team meeting a month or so ago when we were brainstorming this series and I went to the whiteboard and I put this picture on the whiteboard so now I took a picture of it um, why do people start their journey with the good news and so um, let's start with avoiding hell when Jeff kicked off this series do you remember what he said he said he first started to follow Jesus because a church official in his past, had told him he was going to hell. And he needed to step over the line of faith with Jesus to avoid hell. That's a good reason to start the journey. It wasn't my reason. It might not have been your reason, but it was Jeff's reason to start. Um, I started mine because I was looking for purpose. I was like walking around you and I as a second-year student going, what in the world is my life about? And I started thinking, and I came to Jesus first. I crossed that line, I think, for purpose. Now, I've talked to other people. It was forgiveness for sins. They actually 
felt this burden of sin and they needed forgiveness. Was that you? Um, actually, I had a missionary serving overseas tell me, I became, I became a Christian because I wanted to please my parents. That's why I first gave my heart to Jesus. I wanted to please my parents. Okay? Everybody gets their journey. That's how big God is. Everybody gets their journey. Um, some people feel this desperation for love. They've not felt love. They've not felt like they've been loved. Uh, some people do it because they get excited about heaven. And so they first come to Jesus, they get excited about heaven. Some people need healing, right? You've met these folks. They're in the hospital, um, and they desperately need to be healed, and then some healing comes, either through doctor or a miracle, and they start to follow Jesus. And some people who are like operating in their head, this just makes sense. Hey, this is just true. It just makes sense. Oh, it doesn't matter why you begin. In fact, uh, one of the football coaches at Waverly, when I put this on the screen there, he came up afterwards, he said, Dave, you should put this on the front of a T-shirt. Because this was so powerful to him that people get to start following Jesus for lots of different reasons. Some people, and I, th this is not all of them, some people need peace. Some people need mental, more steps toward mental health, right? There's a lot of reasons. But here's what's incredible about... Uh, the gospel. You walk through a doorway there. This is, this, is like, this is like little doorways. You probably didn't recognize that. And uh, in the middle is the good news. Well, once you get through whatever doorway you walk through, you get them all. You get everything you need. And what's crazy about this is you don't know what you need when you walk through. Let's say, let's say like Jeff, he came through to avoid hell. And then he starts to walk with Jesus. And all of a sudden he says, man, you know what? I really feel a desperate need for love. And he gets it there. And then something happens and he feels a desperate need for healing and he gets it there. Right? Once we start to follow, this is what makes it good news. This is why we don't have to be ashamed. This is why we can wholeheartedly say to our children, you ought to follow Jesus. Because when you have a need, the need gets met. And this is the function of time. You don't know what your need's going to be three years from now or two months from now. You don't know. And that's the function of time. And so what happens is we journey with Jesus for a while, and then we, um, we learn that we get whatever we need. In fact, uh, Eric Blanchard, who's on our staff, and he's our operations guy. He sets up the chairs. He cleans the bath. I mean, he does everything around here. He actually makes the church work, Eric Blanchard. But he's got this passion for the Bible. And so he's the operations guy, but he's got this passion for the Bible. And every Monday morning, he invites all of our staff to a Bible study in our sanctuary. Now, that's cool. And then he sent an email this week saying exactly what I'm trying to teach here, which is incredible. Uh, the world consists, this is from Eric, 
to our staff this week. The world consists of 17,000 people groups, and each of those people groups has different needs, and each people group has individuals who have different needs. Yes? Riches, meaning highly desired resources, are available. It could be anything you need today, your daily bread, and encouragement for today. Whatever you need today, look to Christ, ask him, and he might not give it the way you want him to give it or you expect him to give it, but he will meet your need and truly satisfy. Tim Keller is a New York City uh, Presbyterian pastor. He's been a hero of mine for a long time. He writes a lot of books. He's a really good Christian thinker, Tim Keller. Tim Keller's last book made this exact point when he said, you know, I've never really thought deeply, deeply, deeply about the resurrection of Jesus until... I got stage four pancreatic cancer. So what Tim Keller is saying is, I came to Jesus. I was a pastor for Jesus. I've influenced the world for Jesus. But when I got stage four pancreatic cancer, I needed to, res- to investigate the resurrection. How does Jesus lead me to heaven in a new, deeper way? We had that. Right, a year after our family tragedy where three people died, and then my daughter-in-law, Erin, came and said, could we learn some things about heaven? All of a sudden, in our journey, same thing. It's like, I, I never really thought deeply about heaven at all until we had three family members there. And until Erin asked me, and then we, I mean... We started learning about heaven. And it, the information that we needed was there. I met with a person this week who needed a new level of forgiveness and healing from shame. Yep. I had a hectic, challenging week uh, this week, and then uh, uh, the week coming up looks pretty hectic and challenging. And then the verse that I received a couple days ago. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. I was thinking, I I missed two big ones. Peace and courage are available to us because of the gospel. Remember the verse about the Holy Spirit? God living in us, helping us get what we need. You don't get to be the Holy Spirit in my life. You don't get to tell me what I should learn at this stage or where my focus should be or what I need. That's the Holy Spirit in me. And I don't get to tell you where you should be on your journey or what you should be learning or what, what uh, great benefit of the gospel you ought to be leaning into. I don't get to. If God is big enough to let you have your journey and me have my journey, then we have to be big enough to let our own kids have their journey and let our grandkids have their journey and let our spouse have their journey with God. 
The gospel is good news. Why did you first give yourself to Jesus? And what have you gotten along the way? Good things to think about. Good things to even maybe share within your family about. What have you gotten? Our uh, mission as a our mission statement as a church is about journey, right? So I think we have a slide. Helping next generations encounter and follow Jesus to bless a broken world. So what's the journey in our mission? Encounter and believe. Encounter Jesus. And then we choose to follow. And then we bless. And then we go a while and then we encounter something new about the gospel and the good news about Jesus. And then we choose to follow and then we bless. And then we're blessing the world. And then we need something else completely different. And God brings it. We encounter Jesus in a new way, in a new depth. And then we follow. And then we bless. Whew. So just let me review, because I've been all over the place this morning. It's okay. So I thought I better put in a review slide, because I don't even know what I've said. Uh, the gospel is good news. The gospel is good news. It really is. There's no reason to be ashamed. No reason at all to be ashamed. Crazy churches, crazy pastors, even friends of yours do crazy things. Doesn't matter. The good news is good news. And people begin their journey with different motivations. That's the way actually God designed it. And it's okay, so... I'm looking at Ben. He's one of our youth directors. Ben, this is so important in high school ministry. It's like it's so important when you see 200 kids sitting in this room and you realize they're going to each give their hearts to Jesus for different reasons. And the reason that you did it will only be a small pr proportion of the reason that some of them are going to do it. Oh, gosh. Um, sometimes we think, uh, this isn't, I'm not supposed to talk about this, but it's okay. Sometimes we also think the way we gave our heart to Jesus is the way everybody should. I actually gave my heart to Jesus the first time, prayed my first real prayer in the top bunk of a bunk bed. And literally, if you want to know how the best way is to give your heart to Jesus the first time, go buy a bunk bed. <laughs> Climb up there and be in the dark. And do it, because that's my experience. Some of you did it at an altar call. And you still call our church leaders and wonder when we're going to have our next altar call, when we're going to invite people to the front. And I get it, because that's how you gave your heart to Jesus. And some of you did it at a camp. And when we need money to send kids to camp, you'll write almost any size check. Because that's where you gave your heart to Jesus. Do you get that? Some of you were alone with your Bible. One of the easiest things to raise money for is Bibles. Because those people who were alone with their Bible and gave their heart to Jesus because they read something. Let's get the Bibles out. Right? Everyone gets to have their journey. Uh, back here. Everyone gets to have their journey. God is big enough for that. And the Spirit leads and we follow. 
and there are great benefits when we need them. I'll end with a verse. I don't have a slide on this one. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that God who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Something mysterious happens when you give all that you know of yourself to all that you know of Christ. Something mysterious happens, and God grabs a hold of you, and he's going to complete that journey. He is. Uh, let's pray. God in heaven, thank you so very much for this good news. Help us not be ashamed of the gospel. Help us um, experience what it offers. Help us uh, serve the gospel by loving people and, uh, you know, helping kids go to camp. And, I mean, everything we get to do, Father, including, you know, for some of us, going to uh, sporting events and concerts and just loving our families as best we can. Father, thank you for the privilege of knowing you. In Jesus' name, amen.